Okay, so today we're going to talk about how the holding company model needs to evolve. Yes. Uh, but before we get straight into that, you might have seen last week, we did a special episode because obviously Sir Martin Sorrell has stepped down from WPP. Um, and at the time, 24 hours after, we were saying what a vacuum he'd left and how disruptive this was going to be for the industry. Yeah. Um, but we're now a week on and it kind of feels like we're, we're as an industry, we're just going to keep, mm. we're just going to forget now, and we're going to move on. I think this feels like the last week in which we can legitimately talk yeah. about Montessori, which is really weird. Yeah, I mean, it's been fascinating, right? I mean, we thought this story would go on forever, yeah. uh, and he's still kind of part of the story, but he's no longer the kind of the core subject of it. Yeah. Uh, what was interesting is, you know, last week was all about paying tributes and kind of honouring uh, the legacy of of, uh, of Sir Martin Sorrell. Yeah. Um, but now I think I get a sense that there is a, a kind of a sense of liberty perhaps yeah. now that he's no longer there and that people are suggesting that, that maybe he was in place two years perhaps too long. Yeah, which is good. I mean, I'm, I'm, and, you know, I'm, in reflection, we might agree with that. Uh, there's a good piece in campaign, I think, this week that uh, Gideon had written where he drew a parallel with between Sir Martin Sorrell and Usain Bolt, which may be not an easy comparison on, on any other factor other than the fact that they both, in his words, kind of tried to do one extra lap around the track and mm. pulled up with an Achilles injury, mm. um, which I thought was a quite a nice way of ex expressing perhaps what many people were thinking about Sorrell, um, is that he was for some reason, which I, I cannot fathom now in hindsight, why why, what he was chasing, yeah. really, what he was chasing. I mean, and the questions were asked of you say, Bolt, like, when you won three gold medals, like, you're on the top of your game, you really are ready to, That's as right. everybody knows, quit when you're ahead. Why would you then go one more round the track? What, what is driving you? Martin Sorrell had built, he's, he was a, one of the most famous chief executives in the world, the highest paid UK chief, chief exec. Mm -hmm. He was the highest paid uh, and decorated chief exec in the sector. Yeah. He'd been knighted. Uh, he'd recently got remarried, had a new baby. His, his company had peaked. His share price was at its highest. Yeah, in at the end of 2016. That's right, yeah. Uh, like, where could you go? What are you chasing? And maybe there's some strange obsession there mm. that meant maybe he wasn't listening to the board or wasn't listening to the, the leaders of the companies around him yeah. who were, you know, as we knew, you know, lobbying a little bit for change in the group. Yeah, and I think now uh, with a, you know, a fortnight's reflection, yeah. not long, but a fortnight's reflection. We've moved uh, on. We, well, we have moved yeah. on, but you get a sense even from, from very senior leaders within, within Group M that, uh, you know, of course they acknowledge uh, everything that Sir Martin did for that business and how remarkable he was at, at, at succeeding in that business. Yeah. But they now have... Uh, the, the opportunity to change. Yes. And I think that there is a sense of optimism mm -hmm. within that organisation that they can now adapt themselves to perhaps future-proof themselves better than they could uh, if he was still in control. Yeah, good. So, uh, so I think next week we've agreed, we're going, next week we're going to come back and think specifically about some surgery on WPP, i.e. what's going to happen. Um, or what we believe should happen with WPP if they made the terrible mistake of putting us in charge uh, for a few weeks. Um, but this week, we're going to just think more broadly about the holding company model. Yeah. Partly as Sir Martin Sorrell's legacy, because he was one of the architects and the, the, the proponents of yeah. that holding company model. Um, but thinking about where it's challenged, 
and and then where it where the holding company model generally needs to go to. Yeah, that's right. Okay, then so the hypothesis is does the holding company model need to change? Yes. We think the answer is yes. They are uh, facing a number of significant headwinds, I think is what the investor community call them, uh, which I quite like the idea of yeah. uh, headwinds. Um, so not least the fact that actually they haven't really evolved. So that typically, with a couple of exceptions which we'll come to, the holding company model uh, hasn't really changed significantly for the last three or four years. Uh, it perhaps reached its you know, its peak, I was going to say it's zenith, but which would be misleading, but its peak in 2015, really, in the, right. during what became known as Media Palooza. That's right. So, I mean, that I think we'll see as a bit of a watershed moment. So, Media Palooza uh, was the, the year when uh, we had an unprecedented amount of pitches in play, about yep. 30 billion, all of the big advertisers. Mm. And if you were to analyse those pitches, uh, almost all of them were looking for immediate cost savings. Yeah. So they were, they were price driven yeah. and that played perfectly into the hands of the holding groups because they were obviously using their aggregated scale to commit to more improved media pricing. Yeah. And you know, the one holding group that took a very bloody nose in that year was, yeah. was Publicis yeah. and they were, they were widely regarded as, as the holding group that's, that kind of lost the most business. Yeah. The, the two that actually performed particularly well were Group M and Omnicom. Yeah, WPP. Yeah, WPP and, yeah. and, and Omnicom. Yeah. Uh, now, they will have assumed that as an endorsement of that particular model. Now, it forced publicists, however, to relook at themselves mm. and begin to reorganize themselves behind this kind of power of one, one publicist mantra. Yeah. And it also forced the senior management to start actively managing the kind of the succession plan. Now you fast forward that now, the one holding group that I think feels as though they're in the ascendancy or that have certainly made uh, enough amendments and changes to their organization to perhaps be slightly better future-proof yeah. than the others is Publicis. Yeah. Which is looking like one company right. now rather than a kind of conglomerate of many, many different companies and different types of businesses. Uh, the, you know, we were I think when we started, we started in the very early days of MediaSnack. So this is the end of 2015 is when this was going on, the end of Mediapalooza. And we were talking even back then, the challenge for the holding company models um, and where they might have to evolve and adapt. And I think then going into 2016, there was momentum in the US from the ANA particularly driving a transparency agenda, encouraging marketers to care about media a little more, yeah. which was a very good narrative and which we fully supported and mm -hmm. continued to support. Um, and we, we were recognizing, so this is two years ago, uh, what we were regarding as the changing brief of marketers. Yeah. So that was just requiring something different from media. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a race to the bottom on cost and efficiency, which we've perhaps seen in 2015. Yeah. Starting to rethink KPIs for media, starting to hold agencies to account slightly differently. We could see that that was going to be a trend. Mm -hmm. um, you fast forward two years, as you say, and realize actually you know, we, we have see, seen a significant shift in marketers' behavior, which is yeah. basically what we've been talking about yes. on MediaSnack for two years. Uh, and it has, it's exposing the weaknesses of the holding company system. Who's, in whose interest is it run like that? Mm -hmm. Marketers are increasingly saying that they don't see the benefits that's right. uh, of that model. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're looking for 
agility. They're looking for uh, you know, ease of access. They're looking yeah. for talent. They're looking for smart analytics. They're looking to uh, find a, 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 a partnership that enables their media investments to, to feel more powerful. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for, for cheaper prices any longer. Yeah. And, and that was what, you know, the, those, those good years, the golden years, where I think we could say the sun was shining, mm-hmm. but, the, but these, some of these holding companies didn't, weren't out there fixing the roof. I think they may be a little bit complacent yeah. because, of, because of the endorsement of, of, uh, of Media Palooza. Um, is that the, the value of scale, when it comes to media, we're talking yeah. about media, the value of scale buying is, is reducing mm. as more and more companies take, see that there's competitive advantage in data and analytics yeah. and insight, less so on scale buying, the holding companies have got to pivot toward mm. into that kind of arena, which is where a lot of the consultancy businesses currently sit with great credibility. Uh, again, it's, it's another headwind mm. that they're facing is the threat from consultants. Mm. We'll probably dig into that more next week because we're going to we really are going to dissect WPP and come up with a game plan, okay. uh, I hope, in the next week. We'll see. Um, the other question that's been doing the rounds this week regarding holding companies is, particularly WPP, how are advertisers are going to react? Yeah. So a journalist said to me this week, uh, will, uh, will many other advertisers follow Ford and see Sorrell's departure as an opportunity? And to which I said, I don't think Ford see it like that. Absolutely. This has been in the works, yeah. how, how will, or sh- how should advertisers react to, to this uh, change? Well, I don't think there's going to be any knee-jerk reactions whatsoever. No. I mean, if anything, uh, I would imagine uh, most advertisers will be taking greater interest mm. in WPP, uh, Mark Reed, and how he kind of communicates whatever changes he's deciding to make. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they weren't with WPP specifically because of Martin Sorrell. Um, and perhaps they found challenges with the, the, you know, the, the setup of WPP. Now that he's no longer there, I think that they will be extremely interested in what WPP or Group M from a media perspective have to offer in yeah. terms of changes. And that's, that's what we're hearing more, I think, from, from advertisers that we speak to, is they're excited about having a hand in that evolution, yeah. having, a, having a, you know, maybe a company that listens a bit more mm. and that they can influence for the future. Yeah. Good. Right, good week for Mark Reed. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, co-chief operating officer of WPP, mm-hmm. uh, he's obviously had a busy fortnight. Yeah. Um, the reason I think he's had a particularly good week is because you know he's he's come to the market with a very considered, calm, reasoned, rational narrative and yeah. approach, uh, and I think he's kind of reassured a lot of people, not only on. WPP's client side, but also within their organization. Um, and he's formally put his hat into the ring for the big job as well. Mm-hmm. So I think he's, I think he's, uh, he's, he's had a really good uh, week or yeah. two. And it looks like he's open to, yeah. open to you know, external influence. It allows that he's given the, given the organization an opportunity to share yeah. their thoughts. Good. Bad week for Bad week for Well, we'll switch our attention to a, a different holding company, the mm-hmm. Bolore Group, which owns majority, I think, of, of the Havas business. Yeah. Um, the uh, namesake of Blu-ray Group, Vince Vincent, uh, the father of Yannick, who r- runs the Havas Group, yeah. uh, has been arrested and yes. has been in, put in police custody over, uh, I'll be careful what I say here, because I don't, we don't know the, the truth, but um, allegations 
of uh, bribery relating to some activities that the group had in Africa um, and whether they are under underselling their communication yeah. services. Anyway, a full investigation, I'm sure, is yeah. underway, uh, but a, not a nice week for uh, Mr. Vincent Bellore. Okay, uh, before we go, question of the week. Uh, does the agency holding model have to evolve now? Yes, no, whatever. Excellent, good. Well, that's your media snack for this week. Thank you for watching. Uh, give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing, but that's it. Bye for now. See you next time. Right, question... No, it's not... <laughs> ah! Okay. Right. Oh, okay.